Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking when two roads lead to one path with the Young Fables. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. So, this is a great Ask Shauna question that we're going to go over today. And this is from someone who'd rather remain anonymous, which is totally cool. If you got a question, you don't want me to know your name, you don't want me to say your name, there's no problem with that. It's still a great question. So, Anonymous says, hi, Shauna, hoping 
to find out from you your thoughts on the National Foundation of Credit Counseling, aka Money Management International. I have for a while now tried to figure out the best course of action for paying off our about $30,000 worth of credit card debt. Between my husband and I, we just kind of blew it in the past and we're really trying to get on track to start saving and putting away more money for retirement. To do this, we really need to get out of debt. Options being balance transfers, personal loans, taking out money from home equity, or using the services provided from NFCC. This was the only debt management that I found that I think doesn't hurt your credit. But everyone I talk to has a different answer for me, and it's hard to feel like you are getting the truth when everyone is trying to sell you something. And then the loan option just ended up being daunting and with too much relief in the, or not much relief, I should say, in the interest rate. So I guess my question would be a two-parter. Does the NFCC seem like a smart option to paying off debt ASAP? And how do you actually find a good financial advisor that isn't biased by whomever is backing them or services they're trying to sell? I would love to find someone that is on my team. Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Great question. Uh, I think that the debt management companies are something that a lot of people consider when they're in debt, especially when you feel like you're just drowning in debt. And honestly, I'm not a big fan of the debt management services. I've heard of NFCC before. I don't personally know anybody who's actually gone through their services. If you're listening to this podcast and you have, let me know. I would I would love to hear from you. But I'm just not a big fan of debt management services because oftentimes what happens is you have to turn over your credit cards to them, or you have to cancel your credit cards. You can't open any new ones. And I feel you lose a bit of control. You are paying down your debt. They, they a lot of times do help you negotiate lower interest rates, help you come up with some sort of payment plans. Sometimes they'll negotiate a settlement amount on a credit card. Usually if you're already in collections or you already have a 120 day late with that particular card, so they step in to, to really help people out. But with debt management, you're also paying for something, I believe, and I have seen this personally, that you can do yourself. Even if you have bad credit, you may be able to get some sort of debt consolidation loan to help you pay off that debt. There are a lot of different companies out there. If your credit score is still pretty decent, I would say 600 plus, there are still a lot of options out there as long as you have income where you can get some sort of debt consolidation loan. It's probably not going to be at the best interest rate that you would like, but as long as it's lower than your credit cards and you can factor it into your monthly budget, it's a really good idea. Home equity line, again, it's it's an option. Uh, if you use that money for paying on down your credit cards, paying down your debt, then your home equity line isn't deductible. Just food for thought with kind of the new changes with the tax bill. But it still is an option. And a lot of times with the home equity lines of credit, your interest rate is going to be so much lower even than it would be with a debt consolidation company. But you can also try to negotiate a lower interest rate on your credit card payments with the credit card company yourself. So you can do the legwork that someone like the NFCC would do. They really, to me, are people who step in when someone doesn't know any other option and they really just want someone to take care of it for them. But I think what you always have to weigh is, is the company going to take 
care of it for you? A, how much are you paying them? That's always the first question. And B, I think, you know, you are really thinking about it. You want to find out all the factors. Okay, if you go with a company like this, is it going to lower your credit score? Do you care? Maybe you don't care. Maybe it's not a big deal, but that's something that you need to think about. And then I think you need to know exactly what their action plan is before you sign up and think about, is this something you can actually do on your own? And if it is, I would highly, highly, highly suggest going that way first. So on to the second part of your question. I know that it can be really daunting to try and find a financial planner that you feel isn't trying to sell you something, but I'm going to encourage you that there are a lot of great, especially younger financial planners out there, a lot of them that I'm connected to who really have a heart for helping people. And I would suggest looking for someone who is a fee-only financial planner. Those types of people uh, do not usually hold any other licenses other than being a certified financial planner. They're not going to try and sell you anything. They're really just going to give you an honest look. And a lot of times you can hire them for like an hour of their service just to analyze all of these different options you have and then rank them based on your goals. So they'll give you an idea of from best to worse what your options are and then you can decide from yourself and depending on where you live, I can certainly help you identify a few certified financial planners. If anybody's listening and you're looking for a financial planner, email me, let me know where you live and I can give you some recommendations to people at least to have a conversation with. Maybe I can open the door for you. I can just make it as easy of a process as possible. But there are so many planners these days that work with clients who are really trying to get out of debt and figure out how to do this. And especially a lot of younger financial planners, again, that are working with people with big student loans or or big credit card debt, you know, again, they have a heart for this and this is something that they're experts at doing and they're going to give you your options and then they're going to let you decide what works best for you. But I think before signing up with a service like NFCC, knowing your options is a really, really smart move to make because then you're empowered, then you know, and, you know, a financial planner might even be able to help you figure out how you can do this all on your own. I'm going to put a link in the show notes for a great article from The Simple Dollar that was all about debt reduction companies and some suggestions. If you're weighing your your options, it's a great read. I highly suggest anybody who's in this position to read as well. But this was a great question. Hopefully I gave you some sort of direction. Again, if you're looking for a financial planner in your area, let me know. Let me know where you're at. Let me know what your question or your issue is. And I can do my very best to help figure out who that right person might be for you and help make an introduction. Hey there. So uh, how's it going today? Are you you ready for a new episode together here? I am always ready. Uh, so as as a married couple, uh, you know we work together uh, all the time, and uh, we had a lunch meeting the other day with somebody. We're waiting for for that person at the restaurant, and then you said, "It's really tough when you work with your spouse because you literally run out of things to say because you see each other all the time, you see each other in business situations, and like you've told every you've told the other person everything really, so it's." Down to like, how's the weather and what's your favorite color again? Right. And my, mine, mine always like, uh, so what you got? What, you know, 
Yeah, and I don't, I don't got a whole lot of new stuff. I, I try. But... We, 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 we covered everything new, and then we stopped, right? Okay, we don't really have anything else, at least right now, to say. Could you imagine if you actually were doing that as well? I mean, we work together, and we write on, uh, we create stuff, but if you were actually writing music and playing music and making sure that you have to be on stage all the time and, and performing. Well, that's what we're going to talk about this week, and we have an actual couple that is actually doing that. Yeah, I think that would be that would be pretty hard, but I think any couple working relationship is hard especially yeah. when you're trying to be creative you know there's a there's a lot of like trying to figure out your space and their space and that whole dilemma yeah well i also think too that whether you believe in karma or higher power or just good old juju coming from the universe sometimes two roads can actually lead to one path which is kind of what you know has happened to us as well yeah i mean it took both of us quite a many years uh, to find each other. And it, you know, wasn't an easy journey. I've been honest about the journey on, on the podcast in many episodes, but the truth is it just, it took a, a long time to figure out, you know, that our past should actually cross. Yeah. Well, that's actually what happened to this week's musical guest. Um, from Na- they're from Nashville, uh, the young fables, and they are a, a, duo, um, a musical duo that is really getting a Nashville really talking these days. Like they have fans like Sheryl Crow and Keith Urban have become fans um, of them. And uh, so they're a couple, they, they write together, they write their own music. They have two albums out. They have a brand new album we're going to talk about as well, but they also fell in love at, at through time, through a few years uh, playing together, working together. And they, they actually fell in love and became a real life duo, if you will. Yeah. I would imagine that that, that that happens a lot, whether you're a musician or an actor, like any of those creative fields. I think if you're together, it's just natural that that's going to happen. Exactly. So Laurel Wright uh, and Wes Lunford are the Young Fables. A few years back, Laurel pursued the golden goose of all reality shows. Uh, and when she appeared not only once, not only twice, but three times on American Idol. Uh, but And she discovered that was actually not her path. And... You know, Wes, he actually did more of the, the traditional route as a singer-songwriter. Uh, he played in a bunch of different genres of bands. He also ended up in a jazz uh, blues band in uh, traveling around China, where he actually discovered for the first time, he grew up in Tennessee. They both grew up in the same hometown, which is really funny, too. They're going to talk about that. Um, and then they ended up years later together. But then he actually got into country music. And so it was kind of a long path for him to actually get there. But they both sort of envisioned different paths, even though they were sort of separately going you know and they they envision a different past path to find their own music and to find their own voice so sometimes i think chasing the wrong golden ticket just may not be your path yeah and sometimes i think you have to actually chase that golden ticket to figure out it's not your right path and that's, i mean that's sort of the the same things that we talk about with money that you know not everything is one size fits all and that you you have a different path and even if the path of your friends or somebody in your family looks really cool and you start chasing that path and things just aren't working out for you, you know, it's easy to realize like, hey, that's actually not the path I should be on. And I think if you're a singer, it's really easy to think that Hollywood and American Idol and all of that is so glamorous and that that is how you're going to make it. But I know a lot of people who go on American Idol in particular and they're like, I think the best thing ever is that I, I either was voted out early on or I didn't make it to the finals because then they were able to find themselves a different way. Yeah. And well, and Laura will talk about just, you know, there's so much downtime and they're filming and everything where, and where 
they were kind of getting their stride in Nashville at, at, right before the last time she auditioned and, you know, playing in Nashville all the time. Whereas here you're kind of waiting around and also she discovered that LA wasn't for, for her. And I think that's what a lot of people, you know, talk about as well too. So. Yeah. And even, you know, the young fables, they did a, they did a Kickstarter fundraiser, which a lot of people, you know, I think, used to be really into Kickstarter. It's kind of lost a little bit of its momentum, but it's really cool when you hear of people where Kickstarter has been successful for them and they were able to raise $20,000 and that's a sizable amount of money, enough to get you started. Yeah, I think when you're an independent artist or if you're, you know, an entrepreneur or whatever the case is, if you have this really good idea and they, and that what they were creating was this brand new album, you know, if you if you can really get that and you have fans and you have connections, I think it's a good way to, you know, really get your dreams kicked into gear, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, why not? You've got to try everything when you're trying to raise money. Beg, borrow, not steal, but but you know what I mean. Yeah, and that's uh, that's also sort of been our, you know, our story as well, too, that our paths took a while to get each other, you know, to get find each other. And now we've we've kind of created this company and everything that you know, we're still chasing, chasing our dreams as well. Yeah, I think it's like a constant chase. I don't think you ever actually arrive, which I think is the most important lesson that I've learned is that it's always a constant journey. Even when you hit a specific point, then it's like, okay, well, next, what's the next point that we want to hit? And I think keeping that that attitude about anything you're doing in your life, whether it's your career, your relationships, not that you should be looking for someone else when you're in a relationship, but just that you should constantly unless be growing. You're in a bad, unless it's a bad relationship. Unless you're in a bad relationship. <laughs> yes, of course. But I think just always having that idea in the back of your head that there's never actually like a goalpost, that you're always just constantly, you know, changing and growing and reinventing is, is a great way to think about life. And that also goes for money as well too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it goes for goes for anything, but certainly for money. So okay, so let's let's get down to the nitty gritty. Um, so the Young Fables they joined us from their home in Nashville, uh, and where they talked about finding love and music together, um, and the, you know the music they they feel that they were actually meant to play. Uh, how their Kickstarter fundraiser went over the top. Uh, they were on a live radio station playing, and I think they had to get that last seven hundred bucks, and then they went over, I think, by fifty bucks and, and stuff. So, so they got a little tip as well. Uh, and else, as well as their brand new album, which is a really great album. I've listened to this album a few times, and I really like it a lot. Old songs. It's actually due out May fourth. So enjoy our conversation with uh, Laurel and West from the Young Fables. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied, or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. DeleteMe is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using DeleteMe and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. 
I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. 
Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. spend time in the kitchen why just cook for one i'd always have leftovers and they just sit there when i done and go to waste even though they tasted just fine always listen to the radio play the same old songs about love and having someone Sure, I'd sing along, not cause I knew it's just what I do to pass the time. So um, you guys uh, came together uh, a few years ago as, as a band, and how did you guys actually meet before you actually became a band? Because you guys kind of had different paths before that, right? Yeah. Um, it's sort of funny because so I was uh, doing like these contract gigs out of the country, and I got tired, and I was like, I'm just going to come home for a little bit and you know figure out what I want to do, and I came home. And a friend of mine was playing with Laurel and Laurel's guitar player didn't show up to like a rehearsal, like a couple of days before a gig or something. And so they called me to fill in last minute and I'm the only one left. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. And then, and then what was, what was the path to like, Hey, you know what? Uh, I think, you know, we have a really good connection. We want to, we kind of want to start a duo here. Well, we played together for like a year in East Tennessee, like in Maryville, Knoxville, and like those like surrounding areas or whatever for about a year. And then I um, decided that I wanted to move to Nashville. And, um, you know, Wes was just my guitar player in the band. We weren't like playing like 
you know, duo shows together or anything at this point. And so they moved to Nashville. Before I went, you know, Wes was like, I really want to be a part of whatever you're doing. And I'm like, hey, man, like, it doesn't pay. Like, I'm not going to be making any money. And he's like, nope, it's totally fine. And, you know, I just want to be a part of it. I'm like, okay. So he came to Nashville and he would, like, stay throughout the week and then go home on the weekends and, like, do his thing or whatever. And then, like, come and play for free for, like, a really long time. I mean, we played – there wasn't many shows that we didn't play together. And then, like, I guess when I saw, like – that we wanted sort of the same thing out of life. <laughs> like we both want to play music and we both want to play a lot. And we just, not only that, but like we clicked, we just clicked very well. And um, like he brought something totally, you know, different to the table, like what I was doing. And I just didn't think that it was fair to just be Laurel Wright anymore. So I was like, we should be a duo. And like, it shouldn't just be my name anymore. Cause like you add just as, much if not more to this thing than than me so you know that's that's i think that's sort of what happened yeah and i was like i gotta get that job security you know get my face on that cd cover (laughs) (laughs) yeah and and it wasn't even um like not dissing anybody that comes to Nashville and then starts to do it with their boyfriend or girlfriend, but it, that didn't really happen that way with us. Like we started the duo or we, well, we had been playing together for two years at this yeah, point before we started dating. Uh, yeah. So we had played together first and then like we decided to start the duo and, there, and then when that sort of happened, then we sort of started dating. So everything sort of happened backwards. Yeah. Usually people start dating. They're like, hey, you play guitar, I sing. Let's make it bad. Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, well, I, th- I mean, I actually think you guys have something special too. I mean, I think there's there's more chemistry. Like, wait, so it, in how long was it into you guys actually recording music and stuff that you guys actually started dating? Oh uh, man, I don't even know. It was, two and a half years. Yeah, three years. Probably two years. Two years. Yeah, two years. So, uh, what music do you guys actually did? You guys actually uh, listen to growing up that you guys bonded over and said, "Hey, I want to kind of make that kind of music." Well, it's funny because, like, um, you know, we're both from the same town, but we're we're ten years apart. And so, um, you know, when I was growing up, I was playing in bands, and like they were all you know, rock bands and heavy metal bands and all this stuff. And so I was. I was playing, like I said, I was out of the country playing these gigs, and they were like jazz gigs and R&B uh, shows. And while I was there, I was in China, and it was it was funny because while I was there, that's when I really started digging into like country music. And so I was like, you know, this is a, a whole world of music that's sort of like rooted where I'm from and everything, and I just I need to know more about it. So I just started digging into it, like super hard and when i came back that is one of the things that like me and laurel connected with because she'd grown up you know listening to country music and patsy klein and all kinds of stuff and and that was like what i had been sort of submerged in yeah we both like really like the classic country like we we love all that stuff so i think that's where we uh, connect in like a major way and plus like we we you know we've always like written songs together for as long as like I, we've both been in Nashville so 
it's cool to like both have that same sort of classic country influence and then also like write new songs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and, and Laurel, you have the experience, uh, that you were on American Idol a few times and, uh, at an, at an early age too, starting, right? Yeah. I was on it three times. And then the very last time that right. I went, I made top 48. So it was a great experience. Right. Now it, are, do you look at something like that? Because, I mean, like I said, I think you guys have something really special. You guys have a second album coming out and all that kind of stuff like that. Is it something you look at that it's great to have that experience? Or are you kind of glad in a way that maybe you, you didn't actually win uh, the whole thing? Um, I'm glad I didn't win the whole thing. Um, <laughs> you know, you hear all these, like, yeah. four stories. And, and not saying that everyone has one, but... I was very grateful to American Idol for giving me um, so many opportunities and like, you know, being on that show and having those experiences have really helped me and really helped our duo. So I'm very grateful for the opportunity, but um, I don't know. I'm very into like, I want to play shows like all day, every day of my life. And whenever I was doing American Idol, I was like in LA for like a total of three weeks, the very last time that I went and like, I just like was ready to get back to Nashville and like, like, I guess like grind. People use that word here a lot. It's like work and like just play all the time, you know, like that's what I love to do. And that's what Wes loves to do also. So, Right. And, and, uh, and it's, it's also something maybe that's not, not for everybody. Right. I mean, you, you might, you yeah, might not exactly. be able to ca- carve out the, the own path that you really want to do. Yeah. And so some people like loved American Idol and they love like all the drama and like the hype and the waiting around and like the, you know, all that, but it just wasn't really like for me. Um, but you know, people always ask if I'd like do that or the voice or something like that again. And I just, I don't know if I would, I'm not going to say no, cause you never know, but I don't, sure. right now, no. <laughs> right, right, right now, no. But, and then, and then Wes, you, you were kind of, uh, you know, growing up playing guitar and stuff like that, or as an early kid, uh, you know, early age as a kid. Um, but then you also had a record deal kind of early on that, uh, that you kind of, you turned down and you kind of went your own path. What can you tell us just like a little bit about that and what you're, you know, kind of thinking at the time was? Well, it was like, um, I was in high school and two of my best buddies, we had like a, a rock trio kind of thing together. And we had like, played around as much as possible because it's hard to play as kids sometimes um but you know we had like gone and done these contests and stuff like that and we were offered this deal and it's just like i don't know one of one of my friends wanted to you know go off and and be a dentist and it was just like it just didn't work out it i don't know i'm, I'm glad it didn't at the time because you know at the time when that happens you're like oh man maybe this is my shot and this is the end if i don't take it but it really like made me focus on, well, maybe if I just, you know, focus on learning music and playing guitar and everything like that, that's my path. You know, maybe it's not this record deal right out of high school or something, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's cool. I I think it's cool that you guys both have those kind of paths that you look back and go, Hey, you know, if I would have done this, maybe we wouldn't have, you know, ended up not only as a band, but also as a, you know, as a couple and stuff like that. So I think that's a really cool story that you guys both have. Um, and now you guys have your second album coming out and now both albums, they've both been produced by, uh, uh, famed producer, Mitch Dane. No, the first one was, was produced by Dave Smith. Yeah. Um, okay. awesome. 
and then the the new one is uh, Mitch Day. Yeah. Gotcha. And how so? How how was that on this new album? It was crazy. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a different experience. The last one, me and Wes just we wrote all the songs for our first record. And we didn't write them. I mean, we wrote all the songs for our second record, too. But the first one, like, we didn't have any co-writers besides my mom and papa, my grandparents, if you don't know what a mom and papa is. Just to clear that up. <laughs> but, um, so, like, we didn't, because we first moved to Nashville, we, we we really weren't into, like, co-writing. Like, me and Wes are both, like, we don't want to write with, like, we... I mean, we already co-write. Because we are right together. So. I know, but, like, we'd, we'd show up, but we wanted to, and, like, we spent a lot of time together. We knew each other. Like, here, you just show up to, like, a bar, like, a venue, and someone hands you their business card. I'm like, hey, let's co-write. And I'm just like, I don't even know you. But, like, we've learned that that's, like, the thing to do in Nashville. And so, you know, over time, we sort of, like, you know, met those people that we love to write with, and some of them are, like, our very best friends. And so with this new record, um, it was really cool to have co-writers and like just to see the the growth in our songs, I guess, and and the production is is also like bigger. Yeah, and having somebody like Mitch, where he listens to like the first time we met with him, we were just meeting with him to talk to see if it would be a good fit, you know, because that's a lot. Making a record is very expensive, and you got to make very sure it's gonna be a good fit. So we were just gonna meet with him, talk with him a little bit, you know, play him a couple of songs. Um, and by the end of the meeting, we were scheduling dates. I mean, his his musical ear and everything is just incredible. Yeah, awesome. it is. Right. And um, this is the album that you guys actually did the the Kickstarter for, right? Yeah. Right. right. And so how, what was the experience there? I mean, uh, you know, I mean, it's obviously something that everyone is doing for so many businesses these days. Uh, I mean, is that something that was – uh, pretty easy to do i mean i, I saw you guys kind of got got over the top and you actually have the album being made and stuff like that but tell us a little bit about that process it was scary, it was scary. oh because we started making the record before we launched the kickstarter yeah. so we were like if because with kickstarter like if you don't reach your goal then you don't get any of the money so we're like we're screwed if we don't and we set our goal to twenty thousand dollars which is a lot of money and especially for independent artists it's like are we sure, how do we know if people are going to donate or that many people are going to donate? Just, you know what I mean? That's, that takes a lot of people and a lot of money for, for us. And so, but we ended up raising the money. Um, we had 30 days to raise it, but we raised it in eight days. And like, I was blown away because I seriously, our manager, Patrick, like really believes in us. And he was like, no, you guys can do it. Like, just, you know, trust me, listen to what I say and we'll do this together, you know? And, and he was right, you know. And we had so many people, like, you don't know how much your music means to people until you do something like that. Because we didn't really know that anyone cared enough to, you know, even buy a CD, let alone, yeah. you know, donate money. Like, Nash FM, they they had us come in and they sat down with us and, and helped us raise money on their show. And so, so, like, you know, people really came out in droves. It was it was crazy. Uh, I mean, and that, that just seems like the, the new thing that people are doing these days too. And I think it's a great way to kind of get your, your project fun. And then you guys actually have to deliver the goods as well too. One of the things that I, I love, I love about, you know, you guys, uh, like I said, I got to look at a lot of your videos and stuff, not only your, your music videos, but your cover videos, which I, I think are really awesome. Like purple rain. You guys did a, a Caitlin Smith song and Chris, Chris Staples and stuff like that on YouTube. 
Has something like that in Kickstarter and YouTube, you, using all these sort of modern tools, has that you know exposure been a lot easier these days and something that just wasn't even around 10 years ago? Oh, yeah. I think as like independent artists, it's, it's essential. It's almost another job. Like Laurel, she, you know, spends so much time just, you know, making sure the Instagram and everything like, cause it's, it's us, you know, we don't have a huge team of people, you know, it's us and, and some great people who work with us, but it's really small. And so like Laurel, you know, she's answering the emails and, and yeah, I do all like the social media and the emails and stuff, but like any kind of like video content or anything that looks, uh, more professional. I have to give all the credit to our manager, Patrick. He's, yeah. he's totally like branded us and like just really like, you know, pointed us in the right direction and believed in us. And I think that's very important as someone like that. Um, if you're, if you're trying to do something like we're trying to do. And it allows like people who don't have the backing of, you know, record labels or anything else to put their music on a level with people who are on that, you know, next level. Yeah, I mean it's it's really it's really your guys' small business, you know, with obviously with a little help of you know of some of the people that help you guys, right? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, uh, I mean one of the things too I, I like about you guys too is that you guys obviously kind of have your roots in country music, but you sound a, a lot sort of different than the you know the the big machine, if you will, of country music. Is that sort of like your plan and your trajectory that you kind of want to have, you know, your own sound, obviously? I mean, we we do. I think everyone wants to have their own sound, but I don't, yeah. we're not trying to be different. I, and the, the thing with yeah. us, we see so many people in Nashville and like some of our closest friends, like, you know, whatever country music is doing, they sort of like do that or like whatever they hear on country radio or, or if we sit down and write with somebody, they're like, Oh well, this is what most songs are doing. So let's let's add this in there just so we can gear or we can like, in just in case country radio wants to pick it up or whatever. And and Wes and I never we don't write songs like that. We we write songs how we want to write songs. Like if if we don't think the song needs a bridge, then we don't write a bridge. Like we don't really write for anyone but ourselves. And I think that's one of the things that that sets us apart. And we always try try to stay true to like who we are and what kind of music that we want to make. You know, I, I think that's really important to stay like rooted and, and grounded. Yeah, and it's and it's like you don't want to be somebody you're not because as soon as you start doing that, you have to keep that mask on forever. So, like me and Laurel are horribly awkward and weird, mm. strange people, and you know that's just you know we can't hide it. So we might as well you know just be true to what we are in our music and our life and everything. Yeah, yeah. What and I think that's great. I think that's awesome. I think that's what what really is interesting. And I got to listen to to your new album, uh, Old Songs, uh, a couple days ago, and I listened to it a couple times. And it, it it really was really great. I think it's a really great album. And one of the things I, I like about it are you know some of the deep uh, topics that you guys talk about on the album. Tell us a little bit about the album and and some of the themes that are actually on there because I think you guys really touch upon some really great songs there. Well, we, we started, we didn't really write these songs for an album. Like we just, these are just some of our favorite songs that we've written just, you know, since, since our last record. And, you know, when we decided that we wanted to make a new record, we didn't really struggle like with trying to write, 
you know, newer songs for the album or anything like that because we already had the songs. So we, I mean, we write all the time and we we sort of had our favorites picked out and what we thought would be good for the record. And when we were recording, Mitch was like, you know, which one of these songs sounds like radio? And I was like, do you think one of these songs sounds like a radio song? And he was like, no. I was like, okay, then we don't need to do anything to try to like, if it doesn't sound like a radio song, then it doesn't need to be a radio song. You know, me and Wes aren't like after the, we're not at, we're not after the radio. We sort of want to just go with wherever the songs take us, I guess. And I think thematically, like like you were saying, like the songs they deal with um, more, I guess, like things that that people experience when they grow up. And that's not like a, I'm not saying that as a as a like oh we've grown up or whatever. It's like you know one of the song the last song on the album is is a song that we wrote about my dad who passed away, you know, three years ago. And, you know, it was like, we just wrote the song, just right, you know, just to have it. And we were like, well, why don't we put this on the album? Laurel wrote a song about her dad. And we were like, well, maybe somebody want to hear that song, you know? It, yeah. it was just like, okay, well, maybe these are topics that maybe not a lot of people talk about so yeah but are relatable yeah. you know or that we thought were relatable right and, and that did that sort of just come organically yeah i think so mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's great. I think it's especially for a second album, you know, like you like you said, I think that's great that you guys are kind of if these end up on the radio, great, you know. But but you're kind of making music for for your your own selves and and you know creating your own stuff. But you also seem like you obviously have a really good following that you're able to raise twenty thousand bucks to get to to really to make your own mu- your own uh, record as well too. Apparently we do. Oh yeah, <laughs> people who support us are amazing. Yeah, we do have yeah. a really, really great support system. Right, and uh, it and it's 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 playing those gigs over over and over again, right? Yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what's one of the things going into this? Uh, like you, like we talked about as as a small business. Uh, one of the things that you guys have really learned, maybe some of the hardest parts of kind of. You know, like oh, we always have to pay attention to this, or we have to do that. What's some, what's some of the hardest part of yeah, you, know, you know, being a small business owner in in the music industry, especially in a town like Nashville? I think one of the biggest lessons that we've learned, and I feel like we both had learned it. Learned it is that even a word? I don't even know. A, we're from East Tennessee. It's fine. We we like experience. Let's go with that. Experience. Okay, experience. It, um, pretty early on, and and it's you know, hard work will always trump talent. You know, it doesn't yeah. like it doesn't matter how talented you are. If you don't like put the work behind it, then it doesn't matter. And even if you're not that talented, if you put the work behind it, you'll get somewhere. You know, so like we play doesn't matter. We always talk about because we play in the airport sometimes and we'll we'll be playing like a huge gig. Like we played the Ryman and it was awesome. And the next day we played the airport and nobody clapped and nobody. Li- it's like. But you're there, you know, you're just, you're putting it out there for people. Yeah, right? and meanwhile, it's like, you know, people come up to us and they're like, oh, you know, like people that, that hear us in the airport or whatever gig we're playing, they're like, you know, you guys are really good, you know, I hope you make it. And like, me and Wes always say this to each other, it feels like we've already made it because really, like, all we want to do is just, you know, make a okay live and play music and hopefully touch someone else's life, you know, like, and we're doing that. So I feel like we've already made it. 
Yeah, and and I think that's cool. I think when when you mentioned that, if people haven't actually been to the Nashville airport, they're like, you play it at the airport. It's like you're standing outside, you know, with. A, oh with yeah, a, people think we're nuts. <laughs> but but that is, I think, one of the coolest things about the Nashville airport. And Seattle actually does it as well too. That you actually can discover some really cool artists. There's been a couple times I've either been through Nashville or Seattle and go, wait. They're really good. Oh yeah, that, that that's a really interesting per- person. It's not just someone playing, in, you know, in the middle of the airport or at a restaurant or something. Right. Yeah, and the cool thing about Nashville, like you can go anywhere and hear good music. Right. Right. How how has moving to Nashville kind of impacted uh, your guys' musical experience, if you will? Very inspiring, I think. I mean, because you're surrounded uh, by people who are you know, into music. and It is inspiring, but it's also like, sometimes it gets like depressing because you see so many people, you know, so many people here after the same thing. And so, you know, you know, not everybody makes it to the, to the level that, that they see themselves, you know, whenever they move to town, like they don't always make it. And then you see people move home and it's, you know, money issues and stuff like that. So, you know, it is very inspiring town. And like, there's so many people that, it's a good community of people, but it, it can also be a little depressing. Not to like depressing, <laughs> but but I mean it is a little. You're always reminded that you need to like work hard because there's always going to be someone right behind you trying to take your spot. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're we're, we're uh, Sean and I are based in Los Angeles, so we we kind of got to have the same thing in a different direction too. And and Nashville has just really exploded over the last few years, and there's more people than just country music too. These oh guys. yeah, there's all kinds. Right, exactly. So tell us about uh, where we can get the new album, uh, Old Songs, and uh, where we could find you guys uh, when you guys are playing live and stuff. Um, well, you can get the record um, when it, when it uh, launches on our website, so just theyoungfables.com, and you can find all of our social, socials there as well. So. I think Right, and the yeah. album comes and out. And pre-order um, is available tomorrow, actually. Yeah. That's right. Awesome. And when, when does the album actually drop? It's in May, right? May 4th. 